and I can feel the emotion like bubbling up and bubbling up and it's like at the back of my throat and I know that there's some people in this space who are going to be totally cool if I fall apart in tears there's going to be a bunch of people in this space who are going to be like oh what do we do with Claire Claire's <laughs> What have we done to Claire? Claire's broken. How do we like wait? Be- uh, what, what should we what should we do? Yes, what should we do? Do we, do we give her a shot? Serena, do we, like- <laughs> hello, 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 and welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, sign up for more support with meeting your needs with your weekly universal needs notes at theuniversalneeds.com. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. I just realized that I wasn't paying any attention when we started that. But we've started, so let's keep going. I was was at that point where I was on autopilot. I'm like, we're starting. What are we doing again? A podcast. Oh, we're recording a podcast. That's what we're doing. So, oh, he's gone. One of my new fairy roommates was like tapping my leg a minute ago. And I told him if he stood, stayed where he was, that he could come say hi. Oh, he's going to try and come he's in from the side. Try and come our, in the background. There he Patreon. is. There's Hemingway. Hemi. You say hi to everybody. There you go. That's one of my new fairy roommates who's coming to say hi to everybody. If you're not on the video podcast right now, if you're just listening to the audio, imagine a black and white cat sat just behind Serena's shoulder that's kind of does it um he's incredibly curious he's like what are you doing in my house it looks all different there's like lights and sound and all the things here we go right okay so now we've done that should we actually get on with the podcast (laughs) (laughs) no they just wanted to listen to us talk about cats right (laughs) probably not some some of them would some some of our listeners i know would be like yes more cats less needs So um, today we're doing a really important episode because today we are answering another question that's come from our listeners, from our community. And the question they were asked was um, burnout, how to recover and try to stop it from happening again. Serena? Well, I know the answers for those. Go ahead. What's the answers? Meet your needs and meet your needs. (gasps) Okay, everyone, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. Yeah, I'm glad that we were able to do it. No, obviously, that's not the end of the episode. But those are the answers. Those (laughs) are the answers. We're going to give you a little bit more today than just meet your needs and meet your needs. I mean, although, you know, that's going to be our answer to pretty much anything. Um, So let's look at what burnout actually is. So burnout is the result of chronically unmet needs. What that means is needs that have been consistently compromised or consistently unmet for a, a sustained period of time. And we have six things that we can um, we can give you today, which will help you when you experience burnout um, to help you recover and also to avoid it from happening again. So the first thing we want to share with you is to be aware of your capacity. Now, the reason we say this is that like when we are aware that we're experiencing burnout, we can it can feel very tempting that we feel like we have to do absolutely everything in our power to recover from it. Like now, 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 quick, 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 quick. And especially for some of those type A's among us or recovering type A's among us. Raise your hands, everybody. Yes, that's both of us. Um, those that kind of re- recovering perfectionists, that perfectionism can kind of take over and it can cause us actually, the, the, the interesting thing with this is it can cause us to compromise some needs to try to meet other needs. And this is something that happens all the time. Um, people often come to me and they're like, oh, I don't think I'm meeting my needs. Well, the chances are you're actually meeting your needs all the time because everything you do every second of every day is done to meet your needs so it's not that you're not meeting needs it's just that maybe you're not meeting them in ways that are particularly healthy or you're meeting them in ways that actually compromise other needs so that's one of the things that can tend to happen and this tends to show up when this kind of perfectionism kicks in the best thing you can do is to be gentle with yourself during these times um you're human i know I hate to break it to you, might come as a bit of a shock. You're human and that's okay. So if your body is calling out for rest, rest. Try to honor that 
first and foremost. Because when you do that, it will mean that you're going to be better resourced when you get to the, the, the kind of further stages of recovering from burnout. So the most important thing to remember is to make sure that the measures that you're, you're using, the things that you're trying to do in order to help you with burnout are actually in alignment with your current capacity. And the reality is, if you are experiencing burnout, your capacity is going to be very, very low. So we're going to want to start small and we're going to want to um, build up slowly in order to get to the point where we actually have a greater capacity with which we want to maybe do more. So you want to make sure that you're, um, you're not draining one set of needs as well in order to meet others so for example like a lot of people think oh I need to exercise I know exercise is good for me that's going to meet my needs well yes that's true but if the greater need in that moment in time is actually rest then to exercise would actually compromise your needs um doing something to help with burnout um that you don't have the capacity for so things like a lot of people um they're like oh I must do a course to figure out how to um deal with my burnout (laughs) let me learn something more yes let me learn how to not do burnout but I don't have the capacity to do a course because I'm burnt out right now. And again, it's that whole trying to meet one set of needs um, and costing another. So you need to, oh, another airplane. Welcome to Key West, everybody. Uh, You need to make sure that you adequately recover from the burnout before you begin the healing process. And in fact, the recovery is the first step of the healing process. That's the first and most important step because you have to recover your resources to then deal with the other aspects. So it's important to remember that this process is going to take time. It's okay to be gentle with yourself. Trying to rush through it and get to the end quicker is actually likely to extend the process because you're likely to try and do more than you've got capacity for, which is going to have you to burn out, have have you burning out even further and even faster so you've got more to recover from. So you want to be sure to honor where you're at every step along the way. You also want to focus on the needs that have been most compromised for you in this time. Right. We're all impacted in different ways and to different extents we experience burnout. So in order to support yourself best, we need to focus on the needs that have been compromised for you. Mm -hmm. So this might be that your emotional well-being has been impacted because you've not allowed yourself to feel what's been coming up. So you may want to look for ways to release that pressure valve. And I have that feeling all the time. Previously, for long periods of time where it was, it was a steam kettle, it was a pressure valve, it it just, it would build up and build up and then boom. I'm going to be honest, I've experienced the boom at times where it's not really been more of a boom, it's been more of a slow meltdown. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) like all of a sudden, yeah, that really is, I guess my boom has gone to a like, you can literally see my capacity just like well and the funny thing is is that and this is actually a really interesting point because I know you're someone who used to boom like we're both we both are like we were both people who previously that that pressure uh, um, that pressure cooker would have built and built and built and built and unless that pressure was released bang and it would have it would have exploded in the face of whoever was present at the time that's certainly how I used to do things I know that you used to do them the same way too Mm -hmm. but now rather than this outward bang and boom that affects everybody else because we're aware of needs there um that that kind of meltdown is that internal oh like that at that point no I can't cope anymore and this internal kind of collapse almost happens so yeah you make a really good point yeah and what we want to do in that point like if you're a pressure valve what do you need to do mm-hmm. you need to release or if, if you're under pressure you need to release the pressure valves that's the answer Right there. Um, And that's the pressure valve on your emotional tank. Because we've mentioned it in other episodes, your emotions, things get compounded when they're Mm -hmm. not dealt with. And it's one thing on top of another and on top of another. And it may not be a big deal right now, but you held on to it. And I guarantee it's going to be a bigger deal because you held on to it. When it comes up, then it's combined with all the other things that you haven't processed as they've come up. (laughs) Yes, all of the emotional charge. Yes. So by allowing yourself to experience and express these emotions when they're present and when they come up, Mm -hmm. you're able to manage them better. And it can be something as simple as journaling or talking to a trusted friend. There are many options on ways to just kind of let the yeah out like we're not we're not looking to let it all out at once in one space that's great if you're able to process that but it is a process sometimes it takes a couple of things to meet those needs sometimes you need to do a couple of different ways to really get that full feeling of like I can release this. And actually, there's an interesting metaphor that I often use with clients around this particular piece, around the emotional piece, which is that when we haven't dealt with the emotions, we've got a lot of uh, built up. If you imagine your, um, your emotions are a little bit like a little stream, 
it's kind of just slowly bubbling through. Um, and if you process the emotions as they come up, that's what happens. They just bubble through slowly. It's nothing very dramatic. Yeah, there are going to be moments where there maybe is a bit of a rush or a bit of a lull. That's okay. Uh, but what ends up happening is that when we don't process those emotions, it's like someone builds a dam. And the longer that dam stays there, the more there is this kind of buildup of the water behind the, behind the dam. It's like, what are we going to do? And we also were aware of that. So what it means is that we are... So I've got a fly in my face. I don't know where that came from. But I'm like, I don't know if you can see it on the video podcast. But I'm like, I'm trying to avoid this fly that's flying right in front of my nose. It's gone now. Okay, we're good. So we've got this kind of pressure like of all this water that is being held behind the dam. And what ends up happening is that we then end up afraid to let any of it out because the fear is... If we let some of it out, the whole thing is going to flood through in one go. But what ends up happening is that actually, if you release, if you create, create like a little doorway, a little release um, pipe, if you like, behind that, where yes, okay, there's going to be a bit of pressure behind it because there's a bit of a backlog. But if you allow it in manageable um, chunks and you allow yourself to process it through, then what ends up happening is that the water behind the dam goes down and the pressure releases. And once you've done that, and it can take a period of time to do that, it can, uh, you can do it, as said, Serena can do it, said, you can do it all at once. Uh, I've been there. I've done it all at once at times. I've also done it with a more of a kind of drip feed approach. Um, They both have pros and cons. Uh, I mean, when you do it all at once, it can be a little overwhelming at times. Mm -hmm. But what it does mean is that at least you process it all in that period of time and then you can kind of get more back to an equilibrium again. Likewise, if we don't have the capacity to process it all at once, either the time or just the emotional resources to be able to deal with that, um, then doing it over a longer period of time to a lesser extent can can help but what ends up happening is that when we do that we allow that kind of water to drop down behind the dam and then what happens is that we can get we get back to that that stream again that trickling stream that comes through and once we've dealt with the the, the build up the backlog if you like of the dam then what ends up happening is that we can allow ourselves to do it as it comes up and that means that we never get back to that space of oh my god I can't um I was I was watching um an episode of Grey's Anatomy this morning one of my uh, guilty pleasures. I love a little bit of uh, uh, Shonda, um, um, but um, one of the the um, the the. the uh, the doctors in it there was a, a doctor who a couple and they've got a problem with a uh, pregnancy and in it she says I don't want you to hug me because if you hug me I'm going to start crying and if I start crying I'm not going to stop and it's that feeling of being so terrified of any of the emotion coming up because we know there's that backlog there and we're afraid it's all going to come out in one go and what happens is that when we allow ourselves and give ourselves a space to process that in the way that works for us as, as Serena said maybe journaling trusting uh, talking to your trusted friends there's there's other ways as well which we'll get to in a minute um what it means is that we we stop that overwhelm and that fear of those emotions and we allow ourselves to get back into that that streaming bubbling broke that okay there are t- times sometimes where we have a heavy rain and it rushes through for a few days or maybe a here few comes weeks. my waterfall yeah, absolutely. Here come the waterworks. Um, so um and it might rush through for a period of time but that's okay there are going to be times where it actually reduces down and there's almost there's almost nothing there it's like a teeny tiny trickle coming through um and that's much easier to cope with and deal with if we have dealt with the backlog and we're able to process as we go through but we want to deal with that backlog in a way that works with that capacity as we said before yes and I definitely think there is a lot more to go over in how to process um you know what you're going through I do want to mention we are focusing on emotional experience um and expression in this example Mm -hmm. but it's really important to know that while all your universal needs are important, the ones that have been most compromised for you are the ones that need to be the priority in order to best support yourself and recover from burnout. Absolutely. And the other thing is, is, I mean, Serena said what we're talking about here is really important. And that is just about emotional experience expression that's a really big topic and it's something we are going to do we've got a a planned mini series coming up uh, a little way in the future where we're going to do a mini series just on emotions because it's a topic that comes up a lot around needs so stay tuned for that so the next thing that can be helpful when you're um, dealing with burnout is that when you're ready, allow yourself to process what you have gone through, the things that have allowed you to get to burnout. Because when we're burnt out um, or when we're on the, the road to burnout, the need to cope with what we are currently going through and just to continue to function at that time can sometimes mean we're not actually able to process the experience while we are experiencing it. 
And we have a really good example about this, which is um, the pandemic. Like for a lot of people, they couldn't process what they were going through at the time. And still, some people are still in that position where there's not been the space to process what we have experienced because we're still dealing with it. We're still in the process of doing it. Um, I found this when I came to uh, when I came to Key West. I was in the UK for probably the first maybe 18 months of the pandemic experience. <laughs> That's what you want to call it. <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of other terms we could use to describe I could, this. I could replace experience with a couple of choice I'm, I'm sure words. you could come up with a few. Like, I'm like creative examples of, of ways we could describe it. I don't want the FCC to get any ideas from me. Right. <laughs> so what we want to, uh, so that, I mean, that, that 18 months of being in the UK was a very, very unique experience for me um, compared to a lot of people. It was very different um, because of certain um, things that I had in terms of my living situation, in terms of where I was. I was living with somebody who was um, at risk uh, extreme, uh, extremely vulnerable uh, regarding the coronavirus. So we had to be more careful. Uh, I mean, for, for that period of time, I, I barely left the house. I mean, I maybe went out a handful of times in the six month period. We weren't even going out to get groceries. We were getting them delivered. There was, I mean, it was a very, very unique experience. And uh, unique in the sense that there's a lot of people who didn't experience that. There's a lot of people who did as well. So I'm sure there's lots of people who had it, um, had it as uh, very similarly or a lot worse. So um, it was just a very, in, very different experience to a lot of the other people I knew who were going through the pandemic and when I left um, the UK and I went I, I spent two weeks in uh, Mexico because I couldn't fly direct to Key West at the time because there was a, um, a presidential order that we weren't allowed to fly directly from the UK um, so I had to go to Mexico for two weeks before I, in order to be able to um, be allowed into the country and I remember when I first got back here um, that uh, all of a sudden the situation had changed. It was very, very different um, because uh, I was living on my own. I wasn't living with anybody else. Things were not as locked down here as they were in the UK. Um, and I think I, it was maybe, was it a couple of weeks after I got back that that brunch happened? Um, yes. It was like two weeks. Yeah, not like, yeah. yeah. It was almost... It was a, maybe a week or two after I actually got back onto the island. Um, there was a brunch for a, brunch, a group of friends of ours. And all of a sudden I was sat at this brunch and it, like things felt, relatively speaking, normal compared to how things had been. And I'm sat in this room full of people who I love and enjoy spending time with. And it's great food and everyone's chatting and everything. And she and, hasn't been around. Like we yeah. haven't seen her in almost two years. Two years, yeah. <laughs> and so these people I want to spend time with. And I can feel the emotion like bubbling up and bubbling up. And it's like at the back of my throat. And I know that there's some people in this space who are going to be totally cool if I fall apart in tears. There's going to be a bunch of people in this space who are going to be like, oh, what do we do with Claire? Claire's, <laughs> what have we done to Claire? Claire's broken. How do we like, wait, be, uh, what, what should we, what should we do? Yes, what should we do? Do we, do we Serena, give her a shot? Serena, do we, Serena. Like, <laughs> yeah, Serena, what do we do? How do you, how do we, how do we deal with Claire right now? And it actually was me looking at her and I was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you okay? And she just looked at me. She's like, no. Well, the funny thing was, is that initially I was like, do you needed something from the car? Yeah, remember? The, yeah. And I was like, same I, amount of Mardi Gras beads. I, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'll get it. Like, cause you, um, Serena was asking her husband to go get it from the car. I'm like, I'll go. Oh, so I literally, I grabbed the keys and I went down and I sat in the Jeep and just, it all came flooding out of me. This like sobbing grief and processing the emotional processing of the previous 18 months, all of a sudden I had space to feel it because I was no longer in it. I was in a different version of it and we're still not out the other side of it. And obviously there's still stuff to process, but that experience that I'd had all of a sudden I wasn't in it and needing to cope with it anymore. And I was back and, and I remember Serena came up to the gym and was like, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. It's just everything's coming out all at once. <laughs> I'm feeling all the things. I'm feeling all the feels. Like, oh my goodness. And I was like, I can't go back up there. So I think I mean, you went upstairs and got me a mimosa yes. and some food. Like, a mimosa to go cafe. Yes, yeah. take these home with you. Go and process. And do, and that's what I did. I went back home and I, uh, and I allowed myself to process what was there because all of a sudden I had space for it. And so it's like, it's a really good example of in a being in a position where coping with it I had to cope with it I couldn't process it while I was coping with it because it was so immense and the second I wasn't needing to cope with it anymore it came flooding out and every every moment that you were holding on to it and not 
able to because it wasn't you're the type of person you're able to process oh i'm willing to process anything (laughs) yeah like you don't mind going deeper and feeling Mm -hmm. it and in this situation like you know you weren't able to and every time you weren't able to cope with it you were burning yourself out a little bit more a little bit more and a little bit more and i don't think a lot of us think of it in that way like that we've been all of us over the last two years now have been in a situation Mm -hmm of slowly burning ourselves out in the sense that we can't it, to cope as quickly as things are happening right for most people in this you know period of time we're in it's hard and we've been in a collective trauma and that trauma takes multiple a, yeah absolutely and it's like um, and that the emotional energy that it takes the resources it takes to cope and to cope with not processing the experience as we're doing it. It's not, and it's not a question of like, n- nobody's been doing it. I wasn't doing anything quote unquote wrong mm-hmm. by not processing it. I just didn't have the capacity to also to cope and process at the same time. So it's a really good example of what we're talking about here. So as the thing is, is that that coping is a really important like coping mechanism in the short term. It means that until we actually process it, we're carrying around that emotional impact with us. We're it's taking energy to keep that with us. It's almost like coping is carrying. Right, like absolutely. You're, you're just carrying it with you in your little bag. You're yeah, like, oh, yeah, okay. you're here, pain in the ass, but you're coming with me for the ride. <laughs> absolutely. And it's like, I remember um, uh, watching a, 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 a somebody I know who was a mom giving um, a talk about, I think it was about guilt um but it's a very similar process she was saying like if she was out for like a nature walk with her two sons all of a sudden like one of her sons would be oh hey could you carry this for me mom like can you can you like can you carry my jacket or can you carry my t-shirt or um hey could you carry this rock or could you carry these twigs or whatever carry me yeah and (laughs) the thing is that she said because you pick it up bit by bit by bit by bit you don't realize how much you're carrying until you put it down and the same is true with any of this kind of thing Mm -hmm. where you're carrying the emotions of the experience and again we're talking predominantly we're focusing predominantly on emotional experience and expression but there are a whole other bunch of needs that are going to have been impacted and that we need to honor as well emotion uh, emotional experience and expression is just a good example because I think a lot of us can relate to it really easily so um <clears throat> that whole thing of yes we're carrying it but we don't realize how much we're carrying because if you think about it week one of the of the um of the pandemic we were all like oh what's happening oh it's a, there's like a little I bit of I don't effect. need a mask now right and it's that pass. whole thing of like oh it'll be over in a couple of weeks I remember I was in I was supporting a friend with a um with a divorce proceeding in uh, in court um a a few weeks before it was in February and obviously the lockdown started in the UK in March and um, I remember that the um, the um, the solicitor from the other side we were trying to come up with a new date because we needed more time and he like we were looking at ca- schedules and calendars and everything and he said well of course unless this like coronavirus thing comes in and and like that affects our ability to meet and everyone in the room scoffed at him I like my myself included was like Pfft don't be ridiculous like there's not going to be something that's going to really affect it that much two years later they're still dealing with the backlog because that's what happened Mm -hmm. so we didn't realize so what we were dealing with after week one after week two after week four after week 14 after week 24 like we didn't realize how much and we're still carrying that stuff often from week one because we haven't processed that because all of a sudden when we want to process it we're dealing with week two now and then when we want to process week two week four's come along and it's like hold on a second we don't realize how much that we're carrying that we haven't processed until we've got the space to do so right and I think that happens a lot with people in a personal interaction too you're like oh mm. this this wasn't a big deal or you shrug something off mm-hmm. and then you hold it just a little bit and like I said it creates that pressurized you know that steam pot where you need to release the valve because you're like I can get through a week of this. How many times have you said, I can get through this? This isn't a big deal. I'll get through yeah. this. But how I'm many fine. times do you get through it and get to the other side and then be like, that was a lot to get through. Let me take a moment and let that sink in. Let me process it. Let me heal from it and begin that process because mm-hmm. it's a total process. But we're like, oh, I got through that. Well, adulting, here's the next thing. Right. Let's just keep going. And, and we don't take that time I'll to process. I'll get to it. I'll go, yeah. I'll, I'll take a vacation and I'll process it and I'll rest. No, you're going to take a vacation and then you're going to start the process. You're going to come back and realize you didn't have enough time because you haven't recovered. Well, and, and the <laughs> thing about it is the, the the vacation becomes about recovery rather than rest and actually replenishing and, and nourishing. So yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the questions that we get asked more than anything when it comes to this kind of thing, it's like, how do I process an experience? Like, What does that mean? 
Um, and one of the easiest ways is to allow yourself to fully feel and fully express any of the emotions that are or um, that have been or are present as that like, to process that. And obviously, the caveat here being we want to do this in a self first way. So we want to do it in ways that do not negatively impact yourself or anybody else. So in order to help with this process, especially it's it's easier when you're in the moment when you're actually experiencing the thing because you're in it. So being able to feel it fully when it's happening often is a lot easier sometimes not because sometimes we have a coping mechanism that comes up but often we can connect to it a little bit better if it's actually currently happening if it's happened a little while ago we might want to use something to help us remember and reconnect into that experience to really fully process it so it can help to just take some quiet time just to reflect on what happened just thinking about it maybe journaling about what happened like actually writing down what happened because to help you to connect to what it was that you've experienced and therefore how you felt about it And as you do that, as you um, do that, you want to allow the feelings and emotions to come up and be fully felt. And once they're being fully felt, it's not enough to just feel them. We also want to express them because feeling them is the internal piece. We want to connect and feel them fully. Expressing them is about releasing them and actually getting them out of the system. Now, there are a number of different ways you can go about doing this. A lot of them are quite creative. Um, Not all of them. Um, There's a bunch of different ways uh, you can do it, but they can be things like writing, about drawing or painting, singing, dancing, making the sound of the emotion. That's a really great way to kind of verbally get it out of your body. Moving your body in a way that, that, that correlates with how you're feeling. Uh, crying, shouting and screaming. I've, I often have said to people, go scream into a pillow right now. Like you don't want to scream in a way where you're going to terrify somebody else. That's not a self-first way of doing things. But if you scream into a towel, you scream into a pillow, you're still getting out of your body without impacting anybody else. And the key is that when you are expressing them, when you are in that process is to recognize that in doing so, you're shifting them from an internal experience, something you're feeling internally, to moving them outside of your system and releasing them bit by bit as you do. And the thing is, as we always say, emotions are our way of processing our experience. Once we have processed the experience, once we fully felt them, we don't need to hang on to them anymore. So we want to be able to allow them to release and move on. You also want to find the way of meeting your needs that specifically works for you. Mm -hmm. And it's important to remember when it comes to needs that there's different ways of meeting needs that work for different people at different time Mm -hmm. in different situations. Like the way you meet it one time might not be the way you meet it another time. The way that you meet it might or I meet it might not be the way Claire is going to meet it. So you're going to want to find the way of meeting your needs that specifically works for you in that very moment with what you're currently experiencing. Because we let our minds do a lot of our kind of directives. And if you let your mind think... Directing. Directing, (laughs) yes. Go do this. Go do that. (laughs) You're going to feel this way because this is how you should feel. There's, Mm -hmm. I'm one of those people. I process emotions a little bit differently than a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And some people look at me and they're like, what is she doing? Because I'm processing, it might be something that would elicit tears and sadness in one person but I choose to laugh at that point because that's what's present or even sometimes you're not choosing to laugh laughter is just the spontaneous spontaneous way that it comes out of the system yeah actually yes because the most of the situations where I've laughed when it wasn't appropriate it was nowhere I wanted to be laughing it's one of those things like I don't I don't know but that's what needed to for whatever reason that needed to be expressed in that moment Mm -hmm. so a couple examples for you let's say that you might be feeling tired and that you need rest some days the way to meet that need is going to be taking a nap in the middle of the day Mm -hmm. other days it's going to be going to bed early the night before and other days Times it's going to be sleeping a little later. Mm-hmm. It's all meeting the same need, but it's doing it in different ways dependent on what your um, capacity is at the time and what you're able to actually do to meet that need. And which way is going to work best? Yes. Because it's there are some days when... Having a nap in the middle of the day makes me feel groggy. It makes me feel awful. There are other times where it's like, oh, hello, power nap. Like I'm bing, I'm on for the rest of the day then. There are some days, again, like going to bed early, I just lay there and I'm like, okay, this is not helping. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I was actually saying yesterday I came in and I was like, I've been really trying to be mindful of my sleep and I know my body needs sleep and we've been, you know, working really hard and I came in yesterday I was like, I've actually found right now it meets my needs more to wake up early in the morning to give myself that buffer to just kind of get into my day 
and to just kind of be, isn't it? it? Yeah. yeah, to just be in my space, be mm. in my own energy and let the, let the thoughts, okay, what am I have to do today? Because I was like, oh, I need to get rest. I'm going to sleep. I'm going to sleep in. Mm-hmm. And this is going to meet my needs. And then I'd wake up and I'm like, oh, crap, I got to get all the things right. done. And go, 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 go. <laughs> and some days that's, that's what I need to do. I need to sleep in. But right now I'm like, no, I need to... That's not meeting my needs, so mm. let's find the way that will. Yeah. And what we always invite people to look for is the 80-20 rule. Mm-hmm. So what we want is the way of meeting the needs that will take 20% of the effort, but it will create 80% fulfillment of the need. Now I'm going to say that again. The 80-20 rule is the way of meeting the need that will take 20% effort, but will create 80% fulfillment of the need around and it's like that's a yes. rough that's a rough experience but that's that's what you're aiming for in an ideal world that would be the that would be the 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 ideal that we would suggest people go for yes yeah, so you need your own kind of internal balance like it doesn't look like this it doesn't look like this it's going to look more like that <laughs> so you yes. want you want a little bit of effort for a lot of fulfillment and that is possible yeah. we do it we do it daily we do it and for those of you who Constantly. aren't on the video, we had like a, uh, the hands were in different places. So it's like, um, you don't want it where the hands are equal, where effort in and fulfillment out are the same. You don't definitely don't want it where effort out, uh, effort in is massive and fulfillment out is a little bit. You want it the other direction. And the further you can get it in that direction, the better. Yes. And so basically it's the lower the effort, the higher the benefit, the better. Yes. The best way to find these ways is to ask yourself the question, what way of meeting this need will work best for me right now? And see what thoughts come up. There are no wrong thoughts. There are no wrong things. If you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I feel like I want to move like this, then move. move, I, like move, move I move in like the wacky inflatable uh, <laughs> car sales. Outside the car sales. Like, yeah, absolutely. But if that's what oh, your body today. wants, if you have that urge to do it, do it. Mm-hmm. Do your body wants that it's releasing something. It doesn't necessarily have to make sense in your brain. Your body knows what it needs, so ask and listen to its response. And I think that's the thing. There's a there's a really good point that you kind of brought up there, which is that this is the coolest <clears throat> dance move ever. <laughs> that um, <laughs> that is totally worth subscribing to. I was uh, Patreon, say, yeah. right there. <laughs> if you like, if you want to, if you want to laugh, if you want to smile, you want something that's going to make your day. Subscribe to Patreon. Moves. Watch the vlog. Watch the uh, the um, the video podcast of Serena doing the dance. Mm-hmm. It's worth it. Trust me. I'm bringing that to the clubs. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, I've completely forgotten what I was about to say. <laughs> I brought up a good point. Yes. And it wasn't about that dance move. No, I don't remember <laughs> what it was. What were we saying before that? You were saying about, uh, oh, that was what I was going to say. So so often what ends up happening is that what we do is we we prevent ourselves from doing the things that actually would really work for us because we're so afraid of what other people will think or how other people will feel or how we may be judged for it. And... Um, Part of that is because how other people think and how other people feel has been maybe meeting our needs for a little while. So we need to figure out how to do that for ourselves so that doesn't impact us in the same way as it has done. But in the interim, what you need to do is you need to remember that your inner knowing knows the way of meeting the needs that works for you. And by slowly starting to meet your own needs, that that focus and that um, the fact that so what somebody else thinks the effect that will have on you and the um, the prioritization you'll put on that, the weighting on that will start to ease away. It starts to, to melt away. Um, I watched um, last night on YouTube, um, a friend of mine showed me a video. <clears throat> it was about, it was like a social experiment. This guy had um, traded up uh, from a paperclip to a round the world trip. Um, it was amazing. Like he, like he's like trade this for that, this for that, and eventually he got to the point where he traded up for these tickets for the round the world trip, and he wanted to continue the experiment. And the experiment, what it included doing, was seeing if he could find a stranger who would be willing to go on this round the world trip from uh, with him for seven days, covering three different continents. I'm gonna find the, I'm gonna find the video. I'm gonna post it in the the show notes so you can go watch. It was Is such he still a cool looking video. for somebody. No, I'll go. Afraid not, afraid not. <laughs> and he did this by knocking on doors in Dublin, like literally just knocking on people's doors and be like hey you want to go on a round the world trip with me and the the the, the funny thing was I mean most people like 
what? Like, I'd be like, this is either going to be the best trip ever or I'm going to be a movie of the week. Yes, exactly. I'm like, I'm going to die. Um, <laughs> so um, so the, the, cool, the, the thing that I loved about it and the reason I'm bringing this up was that the guy that he eventually found, um, he'd spent like the previous like four or five years um, caring for his father who'd had Alzheimer's and his father had passed like a couple of months beforehand and um, it was this person's, I don't know whether sister, friend, girlfriend, whatever it was, said, said to him like, would you go? Because initially he's like, yeah, no, it, that's not a real thing. This is not legit. And, and eventually they talked and figured out it was. Um, and she said, would you go? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'd go. But my passport's out of date. They went to the passport office, got him an emergency passport because they had to leave in two days. Um, and literally they got same day passport. But the reason I'm bringing this up was because you got to watch it because this guy, his energy and his attitude in life was beautiful. He just, he was just like a kid in a grown-up's body he was like so in awe of everything he was so enthusiastic about everything he went out and made friends with I think it was in Istanbul he went out and made friends with all the bouncers one night and like as he's walking through the run it's like oh yeah my man like how you doing and everything it was it was his energy and his willingness to do what worked for him without caring what anybody else thought about him. And that was, it was so inspiring to see. It was so beautiful to see somebody going, you know what? I don't care what anyone is going to think of me. I want to go up and shake hands with this person. I want to make friends with this person. I'm going to get excited and I'm going to get enthused because quite often we dampen that. It's like, oh, well, what will people think of me if I get too enthusiastic? I mean, some of us less than others. Some of us are less <laughs> concerned about what other people think. And we, we go a little extra at times without concern for that. Um, we have some stories. We will be telling them on future podcasts, I promise. Never be around Claire and I and let us know that you're uncomfortable with us being comfortable with... <laughs> we'll, <laughs> well, the thing we'll is, give you a full show in, in a self-first way. Absolutely. It would never be to like... But we'll dance in the middle of the restaurant uh -huh. if we so feel so... If it's not impeding the service of others or, or whatnot. Yeah. But we'll get up and be like, I could just see us at, you know, like one of our favorite restaurants if uh, our favorite Uptown Funk came on. Like, oh, totally. We have a little dance routine that just kind of comes up. Like, mm -hmm. do it because it, it right feels now. good. Yes. And like, doesn't matter what Susie Joe, whoever thinks at the next table because... Right. It doesn't, it's not affecting them. Like, and the reason it, the reason that people do is because that the perception of other people and the other people around us and the, the people that they care about and even strangers, it has been, it has been used as a way because we don't know how to meet our own needs. We're so dependent on the world around us to get our needs met that that impacts and affects us. So when you know how to meet your own needs, you can do it in the ways that work for you, irrespective of the impact of of how somebody else will think. And so, as Serena said, self first way, like we're going to do it. We're not going to, we're not going to do something that will come at your cost. If you are genuinely uncomfortable, if you're genuinely unsafe, we'll go do it in a way that works for us that doesn't cause you any harm. It doesn't impact you negatively. Um, and actually we've got a, a series coming up. We've got a little mini series coming up on being self first, where we're going to go into this in more detail so you can understand what we're actually talking about and get it a little bit better but I think that it's um but the thing that's cool for the two of us is because we know how to meet our needs even those situations where previously I'd have been like oh really we're gonna go there it's like okay what need is not being met by me being anxious about doing this how do I meet that need okay let's go let's do this um, actually I think my birthday party was kind of a perfect example yeah, of that yeah. um Claire threw me an amazing surprise party all that glitters is an old um I actually haven't talked about glitter a lot recently, which mm. is kind of odd for me. It comes mm -hmm. up in a lot of conversations. But if yes, you haven't heard, I have a little thing for glitter. And to be... Little thing for glitter. Yeah. <laughs> Teensy tiny. Um, and not everybody appreciates glitter the way I do, which I understand. However, like, there's a lot of times where I feel like I have to kind of dim my you, uh, sparkly shine. Mm -hmm. And I was able to embrace it. And I was, like, I was able to fully just literally bask in the glitter throw it up and twirl under it and my friends that didn't want to be a part of it I was like cool thank you for coming I won't yeah. douse you in glitter but if you let me like let's have a dance and some people got into it some people didn't but a couple of years ago I would have been like oh what will they think oh I can't I can't have as much fun as I want right. to because somebody's gonna judge me 
And actually, it's a. I mean, we we had. We, I mean, we literally had handfuls of glitter <laughs> that we were as walking down Duval Street, which if anyone knows Key West is like the main drag in Key West, where the majority of people will be. Um, and but rather than and it's interesting because I think there would have been times where you would have held back from doing this there are times also where you would have glitter bombed anyone Mm -hmm. irrespective of what they thought irrespective of whether it worked for them because it worked for you and Mm -hmm. that's also not being selfish that's the selfish Mm -hmm. side the selfless side is that oh I don't want to upset anybody else Mm -hmm. And what happened was as we were going about, like down Duval Street, we would say to people like, do you like glitter? And they were like, yes. And we like, great. And we would have like a little glitter bomb party with them. And if they said no, okay, enjoy your night. And we kept going. Mm-hmm. And that was the cool thing was that we found a way of doing it, which really honored us and our needs and didn't compromise anybody else's. But also we weren't caring what anybody thought of us because we were doing what worked for us and we knew that actually in that situation, what somebody else that we don't know, even the people that we do know, I mean, some of them I think looked at us at some point were like, really? <laughs> yes, really. Even the people we do know were like, okay, we're going to do us. Um, and actually it was kind of an interesting night in that respect because we had a group of people together and at various points that different people like disappeared off and did their own thing. And again, previously that might have bothered um one or other of mm-hmm. us because I'm like oh I spent all this time putting this together and everything and we we're like no we're having fun if people want to join us great and if right. they don't want to join us great we're That's still gonna have fun where's this person oh probably eating oh yeah I hope they're enjoying themselves yeah. we're dancing right now right. not eating like, exactly you know where we are and it worked it worked so well and it was such a it's great such a night <laughs> such a great night. I'm sure we will share more about it on another <laughs> on on future episodes there we'll have was, a glitter episode we'll have a glitter episode yeah like all that sparkles absolutely mm-hmm. so anyway the next thing that can be really helpful with burnout is to stay consistent with your self-care because um, the thing is that self-care as a concept has been commodified and commercialized over the last probably I don't know 10 20 years um and it, so we've got ideas in our head about what it is. Like you've got to buy something. You've got to go and pay for an experience to have self-care. That is, I'm going to use the very British term now, bollocks. Um, <laughs> Bullshit. Yes, there we go. Um, we got both sides of the pond covered. Uh, hopefully that works for everybody else around the world who might be listening as well. So the thing about if it. If not, please pass along your words. Oh, to yeah. So Ben, like I love, I love we, expanding the vocabulary. Absolutely. Like let us know what are the words we can use. In fact, learning some new words, like, that could be fun. Like I like that idea. I'd like another I'd like to, I'd like to learn another word for asshole. Okay. <laughs> you realize what I almost uh, yeah, said. <laughs> yeah, I totally, re- I totally see where that was going. I, and I appreciate the, the, uh, the, um, the pause, the pause to, to clarify the, the language. Um, so anyway, moving on for Serena's desire, desire for another asshole, which is where she was going. Uh-huh. Uh, um, the thing about it, self-care is self-care isn't this thing that has to be bought. It's not something that requires a lot of stuff or requires a lot of people. Self-care is actually nothing more than taking a little bit of time to meet one or more of your universal needs. I'm going to say that again. Self-care is nothing but taking a little time to meet one or more of your universal needs. So when we have experienced burnout, our needs have been so consistently impacted that one of the things that we need to recover and heal from this is to create consistency in meeting our needs again. Now, the reason for this is that when we've been burned out, it takes time for our system to recognize that our needs are both being met again currently and for it to have a reasonable assurance that it's that they're going to stay met, that they're not going to be compromised again in the future. Um, and therefore, it, it, that's what's required for our system to be able to relax again. Because what happens is that we, we have this high vigilance, this high alert that happens when we're in burnout, that we're looking for the next thing that's going to hit us, or we're looking for the next thing that's going to compromise our needs. And so it, we need that consistency to be able to release that vigilance um, that has been created by having those needs compromised so consistently. And at these times of coping and healing, our systems are in need of that reassurance and consistency with meeting our needs is how we give that reassurance. Because what does it want reassurance of? That our needs are going to get met. What does it need to know? That we know how to meet them and that we're going to consistently do it. So when we consistently do it, that provides that reassurance. So it's better to do a small thing every day to meet one need in a small way than it is to do like something big once a month to meet like multiple needs. So it's better for you to be doing something, uh, maybe doing a couple of stretches, like moving your neck or whatever it is that like stretches to feel feel better each day than doing like a, a, a yoga workshop 
shop for an entire day once a month. That like think about it in terms of your physical body. What's going to do your physical body better in the long term? That consistency. And the same is true with the meeting of your needs. It's having that sustained experience of having your needs met that will provide the reassurance to your system that you're now safe, that your needs are met, and that you're going to be they're going to be taken care of and that you will be able to start recovering from that burnout. One thing that we want to remind you is that it's okay to ask for help. Is it? It is. Oh, I promise you it is okay. (laughs) And I want to say we're human. We're all human. We go into this and, you know, we kind of joke about like, you know, you're human. Oh, shocker. Mm -hmm. But they're really, we're all human. Like I think, I think oftentimes it's easy to forget that. Mm -hmm. And being human, we need connection and community in order to survive. That's, that's part of meeting our needs is having that connection and community. Mm -hmm. So asking for help actually helps to foster that need. Mm -hmm. And it can sometimes be really, really tempting that when we're aware everybody is dealing with their own stuff to feel like we shouldn't ask for help from others and we shouldn't ask for their support, especially in um, kind of the context of the pandemic and everything that's gone on the last uh, couple years. Everybody is in a situation. Everybody is trying to cope with what's going on because this isn't the norm for anybody. Right. And we think, oh, I can't bother this person. I can't bother this person. You can still ask for help. Mm-hmm. And they may have ways that you didn't even think were, you know, were even options. Right. And they, and can- they may not have capacity. And that's okay as well because you can then ask somebody else. Like it, it's mm-hmm. okay for someone to say no. And what if they say yes? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's what tr- actually, I'm going to go one step yes, further. Definitely do. What if it meets their needs to support you as well? Ooh. So, what if it's not just not a detriment to the other person? What if they say yes? What if they want to say yes? What if they want to help? What if they want to support you? That takes it to another, that, that's a whole different way of looking at this. Mm-hmm. Assuming that it's going to be a detriment to them mm-hmm. when it could actually be what they need. Right. And um, while it's true we all have our own stuff, our stuff's not the same Mm -hmm. and we're not equally affected by it. So Mm -hmm. what's affecting me and maybe heavy on my plate may be very easy for Claire to help support me with. Mm -hmm. So it's especially important important that those of us who have been affected more than others feel like they can reach out to get support from those of us in the community who might have a little bit more capacity than you you do at the moment. And to have the means and the resources to be able to help the others around them. Mm-hmm. So giving people the opportunity to say, I'm sorry, I'd love to, but I can't do that right now. I don't have the capacity. Because as Claire said, they might step in and be like, yes, I can help with this. I want to help with this. And also like the, the ideas of like how they're going to help with it. So I had a, an issue at one point where um, I I think it might have been when I had COVID or it, was, it might have been when I had one of the other viruses. I had a series of weird viruses, over, which is very, very unusual for me. It's not very um, usual for me at all. Um, and so I couldn't go out and get groceries. And so I asked a friend of mine whether they could um, go out and get groceries. They were actually really busy. And they said, um, they said I'm not able to do that. But if, uh, if you need something, let me know. I'll Instacart it to you, which if you um, guys don't know, I didn't know what Instacart was when I first came out here either. It's basically ordering online and having them deliver it to you. And it was like, I wouldn't have even thought to ask for that because I didn't know that was a thing here. I didn't know that was some, an option. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, that's a way of doing it. That does help me. And it doesn't compromise them. So there are all of these potential options for ways that you can get help. Um, so I want to just give us, uh, I know that we're kind of getting short on time with this episode now because we've given so many great examples as we've gone through, but I just want to give a couple of um, uh, quick examples because I know you had a, a quite a recent experience with burnout, right? Um, that that created that, not the boom, but the, yes, it did It did create a little bit of a, uh, a melty physique on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the I'm, as we've been saying, the past couple of years have just been charged in so many ways. In the last year alone, I had dealt with a lot of um, different things in my own personal life. I had the death of a grandparent. Um, I was selling my childhood home, which is what might as well be a million miles away. So I am at the other end of the country from the house I'm selling and things keep happening. Mm-hmm. And then there's the pandemic and then you get sick and then I have all these things and then there's work and then there's the other work and then we had to get this done and then there's traveling and we're going here and then we're coming back and then this person's coming in and then it's the holidays and then it's the birthdays and the and 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 and. yeah and if I hadn't stopped to meet my needs as they were 
as they were coming forward, in the ways that they were coming forward, I wouldn't, I would not be here right now right. filming this. Mm -hmm. I would have gotten myself to the point of complete exhaustion, complete burnout, and the time it would have taken to recover from each individual instance in a compounded sense, it wouldn't have been possible. And not to say that I haven't burnt lower because my candle, it did, it melted down. It was kind of a mini burnout, wasn't it? It was almost yeah. like a mini meltdown um, that, that was caused because of all of these outside circumstances. But as you say, because of the, the understanding you had about needs, I, I think the thing was there was so much going on that you almost didn't realize how much was mm -hmm. affecting you. And then the moment that you did, there was like kind of mini meltdown. It was like, okay, what do I need to do now? And and because of the need, you had the understanding of how to move through that. Yeah, um, to kind of regroup and move yeah. on and you know, be able to like, yes, there's still, there's still burnout that I still need to recover from, but it's much less and it's right. much less charged than when it would have been if last December I let everything pile up for the year and then I was like, I'll deal with it because I used to be a, I'll deal with it when it's all over. Right. It's never over. Adults, it's never over. It's never over in adulting. We all <laughs> you, know that. <laughs> it's, that like, whole, it's the same thing. Like, I'll, I'll do that when I've got time. Like, yeah. We never have just spare time. Mm -hmm. And the pandemic is a great example of like, oh, I'll deal with this when it's over. I mean, we're two years in and still going. So we don't know how long this is going to last. Waiting until that point to deal with it means that we are compounding so much in the interim. Like, are we going to get, is there going to be an over it? Is it just going to become... Um, Rather than pandemic is going to become endemic where it's just part something we need to live with, but we need to find ways of doing it that work for people who are extremely vulnerable and those sorts of things. So we just, we don't know what it's going to look like and waiting for that quote unquote perfect time. Try again. Perfect time. No such thing to deal with it is it's never going to happen. And ironically, um, <clears throat> Burnout is really, really kind of a personal subject in the universal needs because it's kind of what led the universal needs to be born. Mm -hmm. And if you go back and, uh, and listen to, um, I think it's um, episode nine, uh, which is my personal story. Um, the uh, trying to fill a bucket with a hole in the bottom. I go into the burnout and how I got into that burnout. But uh, Serena's right that I got to that point where... Um, Everything was too much. Everything, like the amount of travel, there was challenges in the relationship, there were challenges with the business. And I, I got to the point where I needed the universal needs to help me get out of this hole that I didn't even realize I created for myself or how it had been created and how to get myself out of it again. Um, and so it was the, the most important thing, I think, with respect to that story is it was the practice of meeting my needs afterwards that I didn't even realize I needed. And as soon as I started doing, I'm like, oh my goodness, like this is how it feels to be a resource. This is how it feels to build and heal from the recover the burnout that I've experienced and now set myself up in a way that I'm not doing, I'm not spending eight hours a day or four hours a day or even an hour a day trying to meet my needs. I'm doing small little incremental things that are starting that process of healing slowly but surely. And that's the thing we want to start with the capacity, small, quick easy, simple things that slowly will get us moving in the right direction. And that is the key to recovering from burnout and ensuring that it doesn't happen again. So anything you want to add before we finish today? Well, let's do another hour on this one. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are up for it, right? Let's, let's, keep, let's just keep going. Uh, maybe next time. <laughs> so to um, be continued to be continued well not in this not in the next episode the next yep. episode we're going to be doing something a little bit different uh, in fact we're doing something a lot different on the next episode stay tuned is all I'll say um, but what I'll say in the meantime I say thank you for listening thank you for watching thank you for being here we really appreciate you uh, sending you lots of love stay safe and remember between now and next time to keep me to your needs let's love bye bye you guys that's it for today if you liked what you heard and would like to see some of Serena's awesome facial expressions, check out the video podcast via Patreon. And remember, to recover from burnout and stop it from happening again, the answer is meet your needs and meet your needs. Well, shit. It really is that simple. <laughs>